Volume 1, Chapter 3 of the Autobiography of Madame Kion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Autobiography of Madame Kion by Jean Kion. Volume 1, Chapter 3 My father loved me tenderly, and seeing how little my education was attended to, he sent me to a convent of the Ursulines. I was near seven years old. In this house were two half-sisters of mine, the one by my father, the other by my mother. My father placed me under his daughter's care. A person of the great capacity and most exalted piety, excellently qualified for the instruction of youth. This was a singular dispensation of God's providence and love toward me, and proved the first means of my salvation. She loved me tenderly, and her affection made her discover in me many amiable qualities which the Lord had implanted in me. She endeavored to improve these good qualities, and I believe that had I continued in such careful hands, I should have acquired as many virtuous habits as I afterward contracted evil ones. This good sister employed her time in instructing me in piety and in such branches of learning as were suitable to my age and capacity. She had good talents and improved them well. She was frequent in prayer and her faith was as great as that of most persons. She denied herself every other pleasure to be with me and to instruct me. Such was her affection for me that it made her find more pleasure with me than anywhere else. If I made her agreeable answers, though more from chance than from judgment, she thought herself well paid for all her labor. Under her care, I soon became mistress of most studies suitable for me. Many grown persons of rank could not have answered the questions. As my father often sent for me, desiring to see me at home, I found at one time the Queen of England there. I was near eight years of age. My father told the queen's confessor that if he wanted a little amusement, he might entertain himself with me. She tried me with several very difficult questions, to which I returned such pertinent answers that she carried me to the queen and said, Your majesty must have some diversion with this child. She also tried me 
and was so well pleased with my lively answers and my manners that she demanded me of my father with no small importunity. She assured him that she would take particular care of me, designing me for maid of honor to the princess. My father resisted. Doubtless it was God who caused this refusal, and thereby turned off the stroke which might have probably intercepted my salvation. Being so weak, how could I have withstood the temptations and distractions of a court? I went back to the Ursulines, where my good sister continued her affection. But as she was not the mistress of the boarders, and I was obliged sometimes to go along with them, I contracted bad habits. I became addicted to lying, peevishness, and indevotion, passing whole days without thinking on God, who watched continually over me, as the sequel will manifest. I did not remain long under the power of such habits, because my sister's care recovered me. I loved much to hear of God, was not weary of church, loved to pray, had tenderness for the poor, and a natural dislike for persons whose doctrine was judged unsound. God has always continued to me this grace in my greatest infidelities. There was at the end of the garden, connected with this convent, a little chapel dedicated to the child Jesus. To this I betook myself for devotion and, for some time, carrying my breakfast thither every morning, I hid it all behind this image. I was so much a child that I thought I made a considerable sacrifice in depriving myself of it. Delicate in my choice of food, I wished to mortify myself, but found self-love still too prevalent to submit to such mortification. When they were cleaning out this chapel, they found behind the image what I had left there and presently guessed that it was I. They had seen me every day going thither. I believe that God, who lets nothing pass without a recompense, soon reward me with interest for this little infantine devotion. I continued some time with my sister, where I retained the love and fear of God. My life was easy. I was educated agreeably with her. I improved much while I had my health, but very often I was sick and seized with maladies as sudden as they were uncommon. In the evening well, in the morning swell and full of bluish marks, symptoms 
of a fever which soon followed. At nine years I was taken with so violent a hemorrhage that they thought I was going to die. I was rendered exceedingly weak. A little before this severe attack, my other sister became jealous, wanting to have me in turn. Though she led a good life, she had not a talent for the education of children. At first she caressed me, but all her caresses made no impression upon my heart. My other sister did more with a look than she with either caresses or threatenings. As she saw that I loved her not so well, she changed to rigorous treatment. She would not allow me to speak to my other sister when she knew I had spoken to her. She had me whipped or beat me herself. I could no longer hold out against severe usage, and therefore requited with apparent ingratitude all the favors of my parental sister, going no more to see her. But this did not hinder her from giving me marks of her usual goodness in the severe malady just mentioned. She kindly construed my ingratitude to be owing to my fear of chastisement rather than to a bad heart. Indeed, I believe this was the only instance in which fear of chastisement operated so powerfully upon me. From that time I suffered more in occasioning pain to the one I loved than in suffering myself at their hand. Thou knowest, O my beloved, that it was not the dread of thy chastisements that sank so deep, either into my understanding or my heart. It was the sorrow for offending thee, which ever constitute the whole of my distress, which was so great. I imagine if there were neither heaven nor hell, I should always have retained the same fear of displeasing thee. Thou knowest that after my faults, when in forgiving mercy thou were pleased to visit my soul, thy caresses were a thousandfold more insupportable than thy rod. My father, being informed of all that passed, took me home again. I was nearly ten years of age. I stayed only a little while at home. A nun of the order of St. Dominic, of a great family, one of my father's intimate friends, solicited him to place me in her convent. She was the prioress and promised she would take care of me and make me lodge in her room. This lady had conceived a great affection for me. She was so taken up with her community in its many troublesome events that she was not at liberty to take much care of me. I had 
the chicken box, which made me keep to my bed three weeks, in which I had very bad care, though my father and mother thought I was under excellent care. The ladies of the house had such a dread of the small box as they imagined mine to be, that they would not come near me. I passed almost all the time without seeing anybody. A lay sister, who only brought me my allowance of diet at the set hours, immediately went off again. I providentially found a Bible, and having both a fondness for eating and a happy memory, I spent whole days in reading it from morning to night. I learned entirely the historical part, yet I was really very unhappy in this house. The other boarders, being large girls, distressed me with grievous persecutions. I was so much neglected as to foot and that I became quite emaciated. End of chapter 3, volume 1.